podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to A Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and today I will be joined by Lawrence Conley. He's just getting signed in. And we'll be talking about all things Celtic. Um, Yes, it is International Week. However, we still have plenty to discuss in the world of Celtic. We've got Ross County coming up this weekend and loads of new signings in the door. How many of them are going to make their debuts um, that will be one of the points of discussion. We'll also be looking at the six key changes that have already been made at Celtic that could bring back the title to Celtic Park. We'll have a wee chat about Jackie McNamara, who launches his new book uh, over the last few days. A Celtic State of Mind will be part of a press conference at Celtic uh, later on this afternoon, where we will be talking to our new Portuguese left-winger, Yota. So if there's anything that you want to ask him, Give us a shout and I will pose him the question this afternoon. Uh, The Europa League squad has been revealed, so we'll have a wee chat about a couple of additions and a few omissions from that squad. And uh, loads more to talk about. So we're waiting on Lawrence coming in. In the meantime, I'm going to talk to you guys. Kaplan Mark. A successful January transfer window, along with the manager's own additions to the backroom team, could well be enough. Well, I will say, Kaplan Mark, that uh, both of these points are raised in the six key changes that I believe will bring the title back to Celtic Park. Uh, I've also got to say, obviously, back in the the early days of the Axon Bulletin, we had one host, which was myself, and we gradually built up a team of contributors. I can see a few questions coming in as to the whereabouts, not only of Lawrence, um, who's obviously having a few issues with his tech, uh, but with a few of the others. But uh, all I will say at this moment in time, is that you'll be seeing a lot more of myself as I will be hosting most of the shows going forward. At this moment in time, Sean F., you're watching on YouTube and you agree with Kaplan Mark that, that are, these two changes will be pivotal in Celtic winning 
the league. Now, we've also got a point coming in from David Bradley. I feel if we are going to win the league, we need 20-plus goals out of someone in midfield. We need Turnbull to hit the goals. Well, I reckon that um, it wouldn't be... I mean, it'd be incredible for any midfielder to score 20 goals, any one player from the midfield area to to be so prolific. But if uh, anyone's going to do it, it would be Turnbull when you look at um, his shooting uh, prowess or, you know, from outside the box particularly. Uh, Jim Dittim, you're also uh, in on the YouTube. We need to, to win two and draw one of the remaining Glasgow derbies. How about winning the three of them? How about that, you know? Let's take a wee uh, walk back in time where that would have been something that would have uh, been expected even uh, to a degree from Celtic to win these derby games. It's uh, unfortunate that we've fallen back so far behind where we're uh, hoping to stay in touching distance of the league leaders by Christmas. Um, Now, let's have a wee look here as well, Sean F. And uh, he says, if we can reach till January top of the league or in touching distance, as I've just said, and remain in Europe as well with our current midfield options, then we have a very good chance of regaining the title. Um, again, you look back on the nine years of dominance that uh, we enjoyed in Scottish football and we were in a situation where just being in touch and distance of the league title was unthought of. It was unthinkable. But that's where we are now. Um, and again, I will reiterate that uh, there has been a few changes to the Axon lineup, and they will become more and more evident as the days and weeks go on. Um, I would also like to point out that last night, uh, I was alerted to a podcast by the good fellas at the Homeboys where they dug deep into the ongoing situation that many of us are encountering in relation to uh, you know targeted um, you know a targeted campaign of identifying um, incriminating past tweets and comments, etc. Um, we can't, it's not that we won't, we can't say much more on that. But what I will say is that in the meantime, I will be uh, your main host and hopefully that doesn't result in you switching off. Uh, Lawrence hasn't left me in the lurch. He is probably having Wi-Fi issues. So I thought I would come on and speak to you like we did um, back in the day, just a year ago when we set up the Axon Bulletin, when we started... Um, you know, going live on a daily basis. And what I would like to say also is that no matter what happens, that's not going to change because um, there is absolutely no way that uh, any campaign is going to uh, stop us from doing what we love doing, which is speaking about the team we all love, Celtic. And there's loads of you behind us. There's loads of uh, messages of support coming through uh, on the, the DMs and also on social media. So keep tuning in. We have built something here. We've built a community. We ask you to subscribe onto our YouTube channel. And when you do that, you will notice this collection of concept jerseys I've got behind me. I'm a big Celtic jersey fan and uh, we've decided that we will be producing our own concept jerseys. Not for sale, it's not a cash-in, but these will be given away. And you could probably guess what inspired some of these shirts. So I'm going to run through them whilst we wait on Lawrence coming in to join me. Um, If you subscribe on the YouTube channel, you go into a prize draw. If you're already a subscriber, you're already in the prize draw. Once a month, we'll give away a big 
prize and the first two months August and uh, July and August rather was uh, platinum discs the first one was Urban Hymns uh, by The Verve and the second one was Costello Music by The Fratellis these weren't remakes they weren't uh, merch that had been made by a company these were actual BPI approved platinum discs um, so these um, will be with their new owners very very soon this month Every week, we'll give away one of these concept jerseys. What was the idea behind the concept jersey? Well, um, I have been working with Celtic jerseys now for six years, match-worn jerseys, and so I'm a wee bit obsessed with them. Um, I'm looking at some of the, the jersey designs from the past and you know recreating them, but in the style of Axon. So the one right above my head there, is a take on the old shamrock jersey from the 1950s and the 60s, but it has got an embroidered axon crest on the left breast. The one next to that, uh, which has got the axon badge as well as the axon wordmark, is a wee nod to Love Street 1986, although it is not a v-neck. Moving on to the next jersey, we wore something very similar without the badges against Saint Etienne in the late 60s. And then the final one, is a German-inspired jersey that we think would have looked good on Andreas Tom. These are all one-offs, and they will be going out to the lucky or unlucky winners, depending on whether or not you like the designs. Um, that's the intro, a seven-and-a-half-minute intro before I bring in my co-host, the one and only Lawrence Conley. Welcome to the show, sir. How are you? It's well I am, mate. How are you? I'm all right. I can do that. I can rap for seven and a half minutes. No problem. We've got loads of con. Yes. I've got sore feet. I was uh, a t-shirt and give me the rundown on the Johnny Thompson. So Brendan and Jim and Kenny uh, and all the guys at the Grave Society put together the the 90th anniversary John Thompson walk from Celtic Park to Carden Den over three days. So yeah, great event. John Fallon, Jim Craig turning up to see us off. Tony Hamilton was there. Well, Tony walked 10 miles himself on behalf of the, the foundation. Saturday night, Tom Boyd turned up. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, Sharon Brown, director, was there on the Sunday. Tony Hamilton was, was there. John Fallon. So, yeah, you know, big turnout from the Celtic family, keeping uh, John's memory alive. Yeah, absolutely. And you also did the same walk 10 years ago. It was the JT80. You did that back then as well, Lawrence. Compare the two uh, 10 years later, 10 years older, and possibly 10 years uh, less fitter. How was this year compared to 10 years ago, mate? This year was a lot harder. Uh, but, you know, it was kind of 26 miles first day, and then I did... Uh, They'd shortened the distance the second day down to 18 and then a longer distance on the final day of, a, of 11. Whereas the final day, kind of 10 years ago, was just like three miles, which was just shooting in. And what do you do in between? So is there wee hotels along the way, wee B&Bs? Is that, is that the, the kind of idea or do people go home? No. All right. But most people stayed over the town Larbert, you know, mm-hmm. dinner, drinks, happy days. And then we were lucky the guys had arranged with some Fairmont Football Club, obviously links with Jock Steen there, uh, to have a, a, a Celtic quiz. And we were lucky David Potter came along, gave us a talk on, on John's life. So, yeah, a few drinks, buffet there. And that was a Saturday night. And then Sunday, the old house opened early for us in, in Carden Den. And mm-hmm. the Bowhill uh, Hotel put on a, a buffet for us after the, the graveside oration. 
so you were in the wilds of Fife, Lawrence. It's something that I need to do on a daily basis after finishing in the studio. I need to get into uh, my country bumpkin mode and go back to Fife. Uh, it's a fantastic thing. And, you know, it's incredible that in 10 years it will be the centenary of uh, John Thompson's passing as well. And I'm sure there will be huge events planned for that. I myself reckon that if anyone deserves a statue at Celtic Park, it's a man who gave his life to the club, John Thompson, who passed away on, you know, due to injuries sustained on the park. Yeah, d- yeah, definitely. You know, uh, I think so. I think there should be a, a statue to John there. Uh, I think that every Celtic fan heard the story. And as you say, he paid the ultimate sac- sacrifice, didn't he? He certainly did, and it's something that we've always been proud of. Coming from Fife, we've also been proud of uh, all the Celtic links uh, in the Fife area, including our uh, recently departed captain, Scott Brown. So, yes, absolutely, I would love to see a statue of John Thompson up at Celtic Park. I think that would be only fitting. Lawrence, there is loads to talk about. We're going to be talking about the upcoming Ross County game. We're going to be talking about the Europa League squad that has been announced couple of missions, couple of additions and we're also going to be discussing the uh, six key changes that I believe could bring the title back to Celtic and we'll be running through them one by one Lawrence we have quite a busy comment section, keep the comments coming and uh, Durban Kulshu who does come in from time to time and uh, his name is mispronounced from time to time by me, apologies uh, you're on YouTube, if we can get 25 games out of McCarthy and the new players provide a small improvement, that will be enough. Now, the subject of James McCarthy has been discussed a few times on the podcast, Lawrence. I have suggested that if there's going to be a dark horse from the transfer window, I reckon it's going to be McCarthy. I reckon he is going to become a pivotal member of the side going forward. What's your thoughts? Yeah, he's a player that can make a difference in the biggest of games, isn't he? So, you know, in Europe... Away to Pretoria, away to find Castle. He's the guy that can come on and make a difference, take some of the pressure off of Callum when there's a more of a challenge against us in midfield. So, you know, he can play the six, he can play the eight, he can play the ten. He's very versatile as well. So he's a bit of an all-rounder as, as far as midfield's concerned. But, yeah, I, I think so. I think the urban coach is right. Uh, you know, 25 games out, McCarthy, if it's the big games, you yeah, I think he'd be a key player for us. See, the thing is, I'm not being old-fashioned in, in saying that we, we need you know that bit of dig in the midfield. But what uh, I think is glaringly obvious, Lawrence, is that since the departure of the aforementioned uh, Scott Brown, we have obviously missed the bit of steel in the, the midfield area. And I think that uh, although there's more to his game, and I said the sister de McCarthy gives us a bit of that, um, we will be talking about some of the the midfielder, some of the players rather, who are in the Europa League squad and a couple of missions. But before we go through that, I do believe that there are key, key changes that could and should bring the title back to Celtic, some of which have already been made. So we'll run through them. The first one I'm going to to bring to the table, Lawrence, is the return of Christopher Julien. Now, the reason for that is when you look at uh, the capitulation last season, a massive part of that, and I mean, let's be honest, there was a whole myriad of reasons as to why Celtic uh, faltered and fell so dramatically last season. But a, a massive part of it was this issue at the heart of the Celtic defence. Now, I still think we've got it. 
we've obviously gone at the transfer market um, in, the, in the most recent window, Lawrence, and brought in a number of centre-halves. I say a number because, I mean, we've brought in Starfelt, Urigidi, uh, Carter Vickers, and also Liam Scales, who can play there. Um, but I do believe that the, the losses, Julian, the ongoing loss of Chris Julian has been a key part in the fact that we faltered at the back. And I think that when he comes back in, and we will talk about him being named in the Europa League squad, so you would think his return is imminent, uh, Lawrence. I think he will be massive, in particular, uh, also due to the fact that we've lost his defensive partner in Chris Iyer. How big a loss has Julian been? How big uh, a plus will it be when he comes back in us trying to retain this title, Lawrence? Yeah, I think it was huge, you know, they played it against the post against Dundee United. Just before that, we're starting to show a bit of, bit of form. Uh, listen, it's a very young team we've got. He brings experience to it. Uh, maybe help set, set the, back, the back line and talk them through, whether it's Welsh or maybe even Carter Vickers. It's going to give us a couple of options there. Uh, I, I think Julian, yeah, he's probably the best centre-half we've got at the club. If he can come back to his best because we don't know what it's going to be like after he comes back from injury but you would think if he gets back to his best it's Julian and one and one other isn't it it's you would expect him to be, be playing if he's if he's fit yeah hopefully that will drive the boys on you know or maybe Angel may, you know mix it up a bit maybe we'll say listen we'll give somebody a half or you know, it's a slightly easier team We'll, we'll play a couple, couple of inexperienced boys, but I think Julian's huge for us. He's been over the course for us a number of times. One of many trebles, isn't it? He would have been involved in two. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Back to back trebles, yeah. Yeah, just the two. Uh, the big thing as well, though, if, if you think about it, is, you know, we don't have this towering defender who is also good at set pieces when we're on the attack. And Julien, after 61 appearances for Celtic, has scored 10 goals, Lawrence. 10 goals from uh, from defence. I mean, I think that that is another element in his game that we've missed. We've seen, I think, one goal from uh, Stephen Welsh this season. Um, him and Starfield up top don't seem to give us that same threat. So it's another another facet to his game that I think that we've, we have certainly been missing that. I mean, Chris Iyer, for, for the, the size of the guy, was no threat whatsoever in uh, the opposition's box at corner kicks. I, th- I think Welsh is, but I think that the fact that we're not a very tall team, so it's, it's probably easier to mark our threats just now. So bringing in someone like Julian, who's, but I would say he's better than Welsh in there. It gives the opposition more to worry about, doesn't it? They've gone right now. We need to pick up someone, someone else. So, are they going to put the best marker on Julian, and that maybe make it a wee bit easier for Welsh? Greek striker coming in. I don't know what he's going to be like in there. Surely we scored a few headers. So, mm. yeah, it's something. Uh, well, weak whether it's defensively or, or offensively from set pieces, we don't seem to do as much with them as we perhaps could. 
And maybe yeah. that's because they do like to play it on the deck and try and play it, play it around, you know, that's the style of what we're going for. But, you know, play your odds, you're going to get a number of set pieces, aren't you? You know, if you can score from half of them, you win any league, wouldn't you? Well, when you look at the the amount of shots Celtic have in a, a, any game, you know, I mean, the stats are incredible, Lauren. Some of those are going to end up, um, you know, resulting in corners. And when you look at the possession and the vast majority of that is when you're on the attack, we do go through uh, game to game a huge amount of corners. And then you're looking at, OK, so who is who is actually your target man? Because you've, we've now got a corner kick taker. Because for a couple of seasons there, you know, Ryan Christie could take 15 corners in a game and, and fail to, to reach a, a man... 15 times. It was that bad. I mean, we used to go on about it last season. We've now got the delivery uh, from both sides. Who's the target man? This is this is a big question because we don't seem to have, I mean, yeah, Giacomakis might be that man, but we don't seem to have the different options. Um, and, you know, I'll be interested to see if he brings us that different option up front, Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, outside of Welsh and Julian, who would you say is going to be good in the air? I mean, Roderick's tall, but I wouldn't say he's good in the air. You, you know, you, you just you start to look about and go. I don't really know if Cameron Vickers is going to be a threat, but you would, wouldn't expect to see the three of them on the, the park at the one time. Kyogo, from what I've seen of him, I don't think he's the he's the target man type. So that is something that, that we lack. And if set pieces, if we can work it, that you know it's the two centre halves that, that are main dangers and have the forward playing for second ball or for scraps, brilliant. But when it, when we only have one. In the team so far, it's maybe Welsh. It's it's a lot easier for them to block them off a mark, isn't it? You know, they're just going, well, that's really the only guy that's likely to do any danger here. I think so. so and it, it is it's something that, that we are lacking at the moment, Lawrence. And, you know, there was a few players, I think, that uh, were quoted in dispatches when Celtic were interested in X, Y and Z through that transfer window there. Uh, who might have fitted that bill, who did have that presence up up top, and yep. we've ended up not getting someone who's renowned for that. Yeah, I think Thomas Henry was one, wasn't he? He was maybe mm. slightly good there. But listen, Jake Kamar, this is maybe good in there, but how often will be on the park, you're, you're, you know, just with the style we play? Maybe we do play set pieces in the two target one or the two centre-halves. Or maybe get, I don't know, maybe McCarthy or, or McGregor hanging back sweeping, who knows? Uh, but I think that's, from what I've seen, is starting to live out, outside the Giacomacus, Welsh and Julian. They're all and that's it. Yeah. Uh, maybe Cameron, Cameron Vickers, I've not seen him stuff. Maybe Scales, I don't, I don't know. But, yeah, there's not a lot of aerial threat, shall we say. Uh, we'll see, but, yeah. You know, with the amount of shots we're getting in the football we've been playing, it's kind of... It's, it's surprising that we don't have more, but, you know, if we're playing fast attacking football, getting 30-odd shots, hopefully we're not relying on set pieces, but, you know, it's it comes a hand get so many. Uh, Definitely, yeah. you know, it's something that we need to get better off. And if it is a two-centre-halves, it's a two-centre-halves. Yeah, it's a, it's a weapon that we can certainly utilise, and I think that's one of the reasons that uh, one of the biggest key changes this season uh, that will bring the title back to Celtic Park is the return of Chris Julian. Let me know what you think in the comments section. Uh, AG SC Technology Videos, who is a regular contributor to the show, so welcome back. You're on YouTube. I think the SPFL is a bit stronger this season compared to last, so I think the non-Rangers games will be more important. I'm a great believer in the fact that, um, you know, you don't want to go seven or eight games, Lawrence, without a win against Rangers. Um, but 
it isn't the be all and the end all. I mean, there's a you've got the result, and obviously we we fail to beat them there. But there's a momentum shift that worries me more than the specific individual result. And I think we need to get that momentum back in the in the direction of Celtic Park because it seems as though they still know um, how to play us, even with the change in manager. So, so the, the game beating got sent off last season. I, I don't didn't think this one was too much different. You know, we had a lot of ball in the first half, but the wingers and the falls never really done anything. You know, apart from Eddie's miss. So that, that that's when we you know most of the ball. Rangers then seem to kind of suss it out a bit, you know what, get some free kicks in the final third and just throw it into the box. Celtic are mm-hmm. not particularly good at defending free kicks at the moment and it's, it's one of Rangers' strengths, set pieces. And I, I don't think it was a surprise to anyone that, you, you know, you could see that goal coming from a set piece and the build-up to it. I was talking to Kevin's tape from the penalty spot at half-time and said, you know what, I'd take a draw just now because we've had so much of it. We've got a rookie keeper in, you know, an out-of-position right-back and we hadn't really tested either of them that much. Mm-hmm. You know, Kyogo hadn't really done much against Balogun. Uh, and, and even later on when Chris was left, came out left, he, he didn't do much. So, yeah, it, it, it's the worry that we can have so much of the ball in these games without really creating so many clear-cut chances or, you know, you know threatening. Especially when we're still weak, uh, as I think we are at, at set pieces. Hopefully Julian changes that. Maybe it's Julian Cameron Carter-Vickers, I don't know. Maybe Angel fancy three sometimes and, and put Welsh in there. But we need to do something to address what you know, is a fairly, fairly glaring weakness, isn't it? That, it is, yeah. You know, teams get set pieces against us, you know, they're going to score goals. We want Julian to, uh, you know, fill that, that kind of gap at the back, but also up front, Lawrence. So, you know, that's his role. But I'll, I'll look at Julian. I do actually look at him as the first pick centre-half. I still look at him as the first pick centre-half and it will be Julien plus A and other. Uh, the thing is, he had come back from injury when he got injured, so it feels as though he's been away for even longer. Um, he missed, you know, massive part of last yeah. season. And, and I know he cleared it off the line, but I don't think it would have made any difference to the result that goal. Were we not two or three up at the time and he slid it to clear it off the line and it hits the post and, you, you, and it was dying in embers of the game, you're thinking, she's what I think you're losing for, you know, something that, you know, that goal would have made a difference to the result of the game. It's just, yeah, and as you say, he'd been out for so long. It's You've not had uh, much luck with the uh, fitness of set, set some of our centres halves, have we? Like we haven't. Yeah, no, I, I think that speaks volumes. That speaks for itself. Um, Durban Kulshi still thinks that Ange has a big decision about the Europa League. Can we play six vital league games at full pelt after grueling Europa League ties? And this is a big thing because obviously Celtic uh, generally uh, over the, the last periods of uh, the last couple of decades have always been playing for three domestic trophies and something in Europe Lawrence and it's a lot of games and you've got players like Callum McGregor who plays virtually all of those games but in terms of trying to progress in the Europa League uh, and also winning this title back which in many many ways Lawrence and I'm sure you'll agree is more important it is the priority because obviously we want Champions League football next season it is a hard balance do you think we've got the depth of squad um, to be firing on you know uh, for four different competitions on all fronts for four different competitions Listen, yeah, you've kind of said it's a de- delicate balance. No, not for me. Uh, I think winning the league far outweighs Europe. I don't think there's any balance to be had there. I think that that should be it. And I, I think so far, what 
and is Altmar, you know, their really decent team, I think is exceeding my expectations uh, in getting us this far. And I think maybe when we're looking at Europe, it's time to rotate the squad and maybe play the a slightly weaker team in Europe so as we can have the focus on the league. I don't think we've got the depth of squad that that he would like. I, th- I think that's obvious for statements that he's made. And I think maybe we'll have to look at some of the games and, and say, yep, you know, what's more important here, the league or Europe? Uh, for, for me, it's the league. I don't think there's, in my mind anyway, there's no question it's more important to win mm-hmm. the, the league this year and the Champions League than anything we're going to do in Europe. I always think of that uh, comment by Bill Shankly, who is on that right there, actually. There he is. Um, it's the bread and butter. The league championship is always a bread and butter. Lawrence, now that I'm looking at the background, what's your favourite jersey? The four Axom concept kits that we're giving away this month? I think. Oh, Are we moving a big head? I'm, 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 I'm swaying between one of the, the all white. Is that white with green sleeves or is it all white? Is that this one? is all that white. white? So, so that's not a concept kit then, because Celtic had an all white kit like that. With the, the, we did. The only, oh, but the only we did, one. But we, we've, put, we've desecrated it by putting Axon logos yeah. on it. No, but, but it was. It was modelled on that that jersey you're talking about. Yeah. Was that? It was only three or four games or something. Didn't get many outings. Did yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't get many outings at all. I think we played Clyde in the cup. Um, we played Saint. It was actually made and provided by Umbro for that Saint Etienne game. That was the right. reason that, that that was produced um, and that was the first time that they wore it at home. Celtic wore that, that kit at home. But there's some beautiful pictures of the likes of Bertie Old and Wee Junkie wearing the jersey um, because they did wear it for a few years afterwards. So you would go for the Saint Etienne or maybe the one that's modelled on the Shamrock jersey behind me there? No, I would go for, yeah, yeah, Saint Etienne then Shamrock and then I would go with the Andy Tom, yeah. Germany late 80s, early 90s effort, and then uh, the green one. The green one, all right. So that, that looks like something you'd wear at Spike Island in 1990. But anyway, we're giving it away. Uh, we're giving it all away. And uh, another point I would make uh, in relation to the big changes, and it seems pretty obvious, but it's a gaffer. And that, that I think, is key. The, the change in manager, in style, in philosophy, uh, in the mood of the camp uh, and certain players playing to their full potential, playing to the maximum, uh, has happened as a result of that change. Now, this isn't a... I'm going to turn this around. It's not a slapping Neil Lennon moment. It's more praising Ange Postacoglu to, to come into the club that is so lacking in confidence and in some cases desire Lawrence to do well uh, and to be able to turn that round in such a short space of time yes we've lost two games out of four in the league but I think most Celtic fans are looking at that old cliche bigger picture at the moment aren't they with the changes that Ange has made the fact he's got 12 players now some of whom have to get bedded in before January and then we'll go again uh, in January so for me the big the biggest change is the arrival of Ange Postecoglou did it worry you when you look at that league table and we've lost two out of four games so far, Lawrence? Or do you see the bigger picture? No, I, I think it's bigger picture. We were so short in, in numbers. Listen, another thing is that it seems to be able to push the board more and harder than previous mm-hmm. managers have. You know, he's very good in the media and making pointed statements of, you know, kind of, it just comes across really upfront and honestly, look, this is going on. We don't have enough. It's not, oh, 
Peter and Desmond are great to work with. Kind of thing is it? You know, he, he, he's pushing them all the way, which, which is what we want. We want someone that's pushing for the best for the team and the squad. Uh, it's the Hearts game. I think we're fairly unlucky to lose. The Rangers game, you could see it coming. You know, although we had the best the first half, we didn't really create enough chances in it. Uh, and I think Alkmaar probably taking more out of us than the is a Rangers European game taking out of them. Uh, you know, obviously no fans at the game. Uh, I don't know if the board's made any representation on complaints of that, or if they're quite happy that that's you know to pass without comment, uh, you know, and without any action because. It's a bit strange when you know it's in the rules, reasonable amount of tickets, and they have been, you know, eight hundred cent over then rescinded almost. It's yeah, strange that, you know that's just been allowed to, to stand and happen because it would appear in the face of it. You know, that's a, would appear to be against the rules of the league, but then again, do the rules apply? Well, that particular rule, reasonable amount. So obviously, the question is, what is a reasonable amount? I'm guessing that that bar has already been pushed to the absolute minimum with the 750. I think that's obviously been agreed uh, under those circumstances that a reasonable amount is 750. So the clubs came to this impasse where it was 750 at Celtic Park and Ibrox. And that's obviously been torn up and thrown out the window, Lawrence. I think there's going to be a key decision to be made by Celtic when the the opposite fixture comes to Celtic Park, and we'll discuss that at the time. If I was to ask you, Lawrence, what is the, the biggest change that Andrew's made since he's come in in relation to the situation we had with Neil Lennon compared to where we are with Ange? Because obviously he's working with a lot of the same players. He's working with a lot of the... He's working with the entire backroom team that, that he inherited. What's the key change that you've seen that has given us this momentum, uh, confidence and positivity as Celtic fans this season? Listen, there's a definite freshness, but I think he's got a, a clarity of message and vision that he's relayed mm-hmm. to the players of what they need to do in the park. You saw it last season. We've got a vice captain coming off the park a couple of times and saying, we didn't know what we might be doing out there. Frustrated. You've seen him walking off in that game you mentioned, the Rangers game at Ibrox, and he was cursing and swearing. You could actually hear him. Frustrated. Yep. yep. And it's like, whereas when you hear Ange talking, he said, Look, I will give the players instructions of what they want to do. And as long as they do what they want to do, I, I've told them to do, I will back them 100%. Yeah. And, it, and it appears to be working. I mean, look at Tony Ralston. <laughs> you, you know, we were slagging, you know, me included, maybe more so than most of the show, but geez, what a month he had, eh? It's I've got to say, Lawrence, Amy never slagged him. Amy, Amy Canavan, Amy Canavan always stood up for Tony Ralston. I'm looking for the footage so I can share it. Um, but she always said that uh, you know when we brought in John Joe Kenny, why not play Ralston? And yeah, you know, that, with hindsight, strange. a lot of people would agree with it. Yeah, the, the, you know, it was strange at that time. And, and even after kind of Lenny went, you were going well. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. One night, one goal. Stop suicide. On June 3rd, Washington, D.C. will host the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention's Out of the Darkness Overnight Walk. 
For the last 20 years, people have described the overnight as one of the most powerful experiences of their lives. Now is the perfect time for you to join us as people from all over the country come together to send a message of love and hope. Walk over 16 miles from dusk till dawn to raise funds and awareness for suicide prevention. See the landmarks of Washington, D.C. by moonlight. Form lasting friendships, experience healing, and bring hope to those affected by suicide. Join us. Be a part of something extraordinary. June 3rd in Washington, D.C. Register today at TheOvernight.org or call 888-THE-OVERNIGHT. That's TheOvernight.org or 888-843-6837. Why is he not playing now? You know, with 10 games to go, it's effectively 10 games to find out what you've got in the squad and who's going to be here long term. Precisely. Yeah. after Kenny... uh, I think it was one of the poorer performers at Ibrox. You know, you're, you're thinking, yeah, I think you're, you're burning your bridges. It's obvious we're not spending big money on you. Yeah, we should, it would have been better to have a look through the squad. Because, I mean, one of the stats boys uh, on Twitter, he looked into it, and this is Ralston's biggest run of games. So maybe that's all he needed, run of games to settle on the team and a manager that's given him clear instruction on what to do. I think so. Yeah, I mean, with regards to the, the fact that um, Tony Ralston obviously has come in and played so well. We spoke yesterday about his, uh, you know, uh, non-call up uh, into the Scotland squad, even though we needed a right back, and it's been confirmed that it was on medical grounds. So hopefully he will be fitting well for our fixture at the weekend, and we'll be talking about predicted lineups. I want to run through some of the comments coming in. First and f- uh, foremost, Lyle. Fraser, hello from Sydney, Australia. Did you just start watching the show when Ange came in, Lyle, or have you been a long-time viewer of Axon? We'd love to know. A welcome from Sydney and Australia. I hope you're enjoying it. Um, also, we have got uh, another good evening from Thailand, David McMillan. Never been to Thailand, always fancied it. Uh, welcome to the show, and I hope you're enjoying it as well. And Miko Vittinen is watching in Finland. Lawrence always blows me away, away when we see all over the world Celtic fans tuning into a Celtic state of mind. Uh, we've also got a good luck message from Paddy Lavery. And by the way, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're up for three awards. Forgive me for uh, mentioning it on just about every show. It would be great if you could vote for us. And, um, you know, we're up for Best Content Creator for Celtic. We're up for Best International Podcast, which I think is like the Champions League, Lawrence, because we're up against AC Milan and Barcelona. And then the Best Charitable Campaign for the Quadruple Treble Weekend when we raised 27k uh, in December last year. So thank you very much for that. Please help us to, to win one, two, or a treble of awards down in London, and we'll bring them back up next month. And Gaz just comes in to say Julien's pants. Now, I don't know if he's referring to the ownership of his pants or if he is pants as a footballer. I don't think he is. I really don't. Uh, we all know there were occasions where certain people seemed to get the better of him um, and spooked him, for example, Lyndon Dykes, you know, it was always that one where um, he didn't like to play against Lyndon Dykes. I think overall, though, um, and it's not one of these ones, Lawrence, that he has become a better player in his absence. I really do think he's going to be absolutely key. Um, I think he's very influential as well at the back. I really do. And he's, he's scored important goals for Celtic, both in Europe um, and against uh, Rangers in the cup final. Uh, his 
arrival, his return, I think, is going to be massive. And I, I disagree. I don't think he is, Pants. I think he's your first choice centre half. Yeah, I'd agree. He's, he's definitely first choice centre. If he gets back to the level, we don't know, you know, how bad an injury it's been. And obviously, as you said, he was coming off the back of one previous, previously. If he gets back to, to his best, he's definitely our, our best centre half. It brings more competition to his position, doesn't it? Yeah. But yeah, he's got goals at him. He's influential. He's one of the more experienced players in the defence because we've got a very young defence now, haven't we? Yes. The creation boy. You forget how young Ralston is because he's been around for so long. So, what's he, 21, 22? Ralston's 22. Um, I'm just going to double check that because he might have just turned 23, but he's certainly 22. Taylor, 23, something like that. Mm-hmm. Creation by 24 or something, something. Scales is 23. So, you, you, Cameron Vickers has got to be about 23 mark, hasn't he? It's really, really very young. Obviously, Joe Hart pushes that average age up a bit. But. Yeah, Tony Ralston's still 22. He turns 23 in November, but he's been uh, in and around the first team for five seasons. You know, he made his debut under Ronnie Dyler. So, you sometimes think he's that wee bit older, but he's still a young player. And as you say, the longest run in the Celtic side. So, you know, if we're talking about one of the, the key changes being Ange, and as obvious as it sounds, it's not just the, the, the fact that he's come in, it's the changes that he's made. Um, I'm also going to be very, very interested between now and, and January, Lawrence, um, to see if he does make that big push to the board that you mentioned earlier and bringing in additional staff. And I don't mean staff to replace what's already there, because he seems to be quite happy with the coaching staff at the moment. But he did... Um, allude to the fact that he needed more in terms of the sports science, the data data analysis side of the game, and he wants to bring these guys in. I think that's also going to be key. No, no, definitely. He's identified sports science. He also said, obviously, that one there, the kind of director of football, wasn't a, a priority. So he's obviously got a game plan of attack, and well, you'd imagine sports science, as he's identified that, is going to be top of that. Uh, how we, we can use data to get the best out of our players and to better the opposition is key to the modern game, isn't it? No, I think Brendan done it to great effect. Uh, and he's obviously used to working that way. So hopefully they give him what he's asking for. It's, you know, I don't know what size a team would be involved with sports science, but, but it's right down to nutritionists, video mm-hmm. analysts, data analysts, right through how many of can bring in. If he's got a team whether from Australia that he knows and trusts that he can just live holder or some people that he's worked with in Japan or even you know anything throughout his career. It's I think it's key. It's key because it's margins. It's fine margins, Lawrence. And uh, if it gives you an advantage in that uh, that area, then we really need to invest in it. Um, a couple of great points coming through. Terence Pat is fed up with the international break. Can't wait until Ange Ball returns on Saturday. I hope it is another um, round of Ange Ball. I'd love to see it. Uh, DMS uh, Duffy with the cult legend that is Anton Rogan on his avatar nice taps I agree very nice taps and we will be giving them all away just get subscribing on YouTube if you haven't done so already and if you have you're already in the draw Uh, and Peter comes in 
Coloyero. I hope that's how you pronounce your surname, Peter. If a few Aussies leave the broadcast early, it's no slight on Axom. It's because we will be switching to watch Australia play Vietnam in a World Cup qualifier. So all the best to Australia as they come up against Vietnam, even though we also have fans in Vietnam who tune into the show, Lawrence, because we were number one in the Vietnamese charts at one point last season, which is utterly bizarre. Uh, Red Scotland would like to ask Jota, What's with the hairdo? Well, as I said earlier on in the show, we are going to be interviewing um, the man with that incredible installation of hair in Yotta at half past two this afternoon. If there's anything else, as well as the hairdo question that you would like us to ask, then let us know because I will be more than happy to ask the question to our new left winger. Um, Right, next point, the third point in terms of the changes, Lawrence, and I think again, this is massive, is that I think all the unhappy stars, all the want-away stars have gone. And I think that's absolutely vital if we want to keep the camp happy and we want to push on for the league title. How big a part was that in our downfall last season? How important is it this season that they're all away? Listen, I I think that was huge. Obviously, those guys were unhappy because they believed promises had been broken to them. They walked away. You know, that, that was our pitch to players, you know, come in, you do well, we get a decent offer and we sell you. So we went from, was it 14 million euros from Porto for Encham to Freedom? Uh, you know, and he didn't contribute anything last year. In fact, not, not, you know, Freedom, so it cost us money. Yeah. yeah. We, what do you normally get, six months of your contract? Yeah, there's came an arrangement to pay up part of it. You know, six months would have been, yeah, it could have been. Uh, so... You could argue we get reduced fees on Christie and Eddie, vastly reduced if we'd sold them last year. I have, you, you know, we, we, I think we've got a decent, I think we're probably what we'd have got the season before. We changed a, a transfer policy last year. The only incoming player that you could say maybe what was Turnbull, but he was identified from the previous one. We only joined late because he was out for a year with injury, or almost a year. So, yeah, keeping on happy players definitely didn't. It, it, it didn't work. Could you, as in, you can see the reasons why the board changed. Like you said, well, you know, if we sell Eddie, there'll be a riot. But you know, no, no players big in the club. Maybe they should have said, "Well, look, we've done something that's worked for nine years. Mm-hmm. Why are we changing it now? You, you, you know, what, what, what's the risks here? Uh, if a player goes off form or just decides he doesn't fancy it anymore, like, like some of the players certainly just seem to not fancy it. And then you know, some of them. If they create unrest in the camp, you know, make other players unhappy. It mm-hmm. just, it, it didn't work at all. So I think getting them out and bring the players back together as one team is going to, going to be massive for us. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, some brilliant points coming in. Terence Pat again. Ange has given his supporters back the football club after the shambles last season. I feel like that. I really do. Um, and Sean F raises a very important point. Disappointed that Don McKay hasn't even addressed our supporters in regards to the Rangers ticket issue. I think it is something the club definitely needs to address. Um, and also Jungle Lion makes the point that since they cut the allocation, their results have improved. So Celtic should now do the same. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, when when the time comes, how should we deal with that, Lawrence? I think we've got to play by the rules, bit. You know, if the rules are, I've got to get a reasonable amount of tickets. Because what happens if we don't? And then there's a complaint against us, and say, "Well, you're breaking the rules. They haven't given given us tickets." You know, I, I don't think your defences will. They also broke the rules. I, I don't think that's mm-hmm. much your defence. 
you know, we're signed up for to a reasonable amount. I, th- I think it should be dealt with now. I think there should be comments and representations made to them and say, look, these were the rules. We feel they've been broken. You know, what do we do about this? Because if there's rules without any consequences, well, why would anyone stick to them? Well, exactly. You know, and um, I think also there is that question of, uh, you know, lowering yourself down to the standards of others as well and, you know, playing by uh, the rules and, and keeping your own, maintaining your own standards, Lawrence. There is the, the question of that as well. Um, now, taking it away from the list of key issues that will win us back the league, I'm going to go to this, and I know that this is your third appearance today, Terence Pat. No favouritism. I just think it's a Good question. Would you start uh, Jukamakis on Saturday? Let's have a look at Saturday's lineup, uh, Lawrence. I'm going to tell you how I would play the game. And this is obviously all depending on whether or not players like Tony Ralston is fit because they reckon that he wasn't called up um, as a replacement for Nathan Patterson for tonight's game against Austria due to medical reasons. We don't know much more about that. Um Hello to Kevin Mack from Western Australia. Thanks for tuning in, Kevin Mack. I would start with Joe Hart and goals, of course. If fit, I would still have Ralston at right back and I would still play Juranovic at left back, right? Um, I think that at home against Ross County, he can do it. He's a Croatian internationalist who didn't look out of place. I'm not saying that he looked like a natural left back against Rangers, but he certainly was able to get through that game without too many issues. Uh, Starfelt at the back... And I have a suspicion that Stephen Welsh is going to drop out for Carter Vickers. I think that's what's going to happen. I think that, you know, we've brought in um, quite a few centre-halves, as I've said before. Some of them may not uh, be first picks. I don't think Uruguidi's at the level yet, Lawrence, to be considered a first pick. Uh, But I think Carter Vickers is coming in to play football uh, as a first team. And I think he's the first new signing who is going to be on the, the team sheet. Moving into the midfield, I would expect, hopefully, uh, there are no injuries tonight in the international game, uh, that McGregor and Turnbull would be playing with Roger in front of them as a number 10. I think Abada will start on the right. The best thing often to do, I believe, if someone's had a poor game, as he did against Rangers, is to play him again and let him get it out of his system, Lawrence, you know, rather than, you know, warm the bench for a few weeks. I don't know where Forrest is with his fitness. I know that he's missed a few squads recently. So, a bad on the right. I would bring in Yota on the left. Obviously, Ryan Christie's gone. Um, he's left the club. I would put him right in there and start him on the left with Kyogo right through the middle. So, in answer to the original question, I wouldn't start with Giokamakis, but I would start with the new boys, Carter Vickers and Yota. Unfair on Stephen Wells, do you think, Lawrence? Yeah, I, th- I think he's a better start to the season than, than Starfelt. So if I was going to drop one, you know, I'd probably keep Welsh over Starfelt. Uh, I'd agree with you keeping Ralston in uh, there. At left back, it's probably <laughs> how far away is Taylor? What scale's like? Even Montgomery against Ross County m- might be considered a left back before. Juranovic, I just think if I've got an idea that Ange develops the players, where do you do that? Do you do it at home against teams that are less likely to cause you problems? No. When's the best time to bleed them in? At some point, you're going to need to have well, I think a big part of the game was we missed Taylor, that Ibrooks were a bit unbalanced. As good as Juranovic looked, maybe that's why our left wingers don't look as good, you know, because he was having to come inside a lot more and play the ball off his right. 
where I'm just up the line with the left. You know, it's a harder pass for him. Mm-hmm. So, depending, I honestly haven't seen much of this game. We better highlights on YouTube. I, I, so I'd probably go with, with Montgomery there at left back. Uh, midfield, yep. McGregor and Rogic. Uh, I think Turnbull's in danger of playing his way out of the team again. I, I think he was poor at Ibrox. Mm. So depending how, how close McCarthy is, I might look to get McCarthy in for this one uh, and, and see who he does. On the right, yep, Abada, Jordan on the left and Kyogo up front. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one with with Turnbull because uh, prior to his, uh, you know, period of brilliant performances there, he was was under a wee bit of criticism. And then, you know, I agree he didn't have a great game against Rangers. So it will be interesting to see if uh, we stick by him. I've got a few people asking how to vote. um, So I'm going to put the, the actual link into the comment section in just a moment, but it is footballcontentawards.com forward slash voting. And once you get onto that page, we're up for three different awards. We are the uh, best podcast, but it's the international section. So we're in the Champions League. I'm going to say that anyway. Best club content creator, again, international. Go in there and vote for a Celtic state of mind. Um, And, Finally, I've just noticed I've not voted yet. Maybe I'll throw a vote in myself. Best charitable campaign. And again, it appears as Charity Weekend or Axon. So we're up for three awards. It would be tremendous to win a treble. Um, either way, we're going to go down and enjoy it and represent a Celtic State of Minds community, which has been building up now for over four years. Now, I'm not sure if all you guys are from your destinations, but I'm going to read them out anyway, because Denzel's telling us that he's from Miami. Hopefully you're doing well there. Um Lebobski is asking the question, is anybody actually from Glasgow? Well, I'm sure a few years are. Odd Bob, what's the weather like in Kazakhstan? Um, and we've got various other people coming in. So hopefully that is where you are and everybody's doing well. And I'm just about to post that link. And I am going to ask you to get in there and vote for us because you know what? It would be tremendous for us to get an award. Um, after everything that's been happening recently, it would be absolutely brilliant. So that's where you vote should maybe just keep that up there. I should actually put it underneath the videos as a clickable link. I think that's what I'll do after today, Lawrence. Now, moving on, uh, I'm going to have to to bring this up again because this has been a point of discussion on just about every day uh, on the bulletin. Powerman 1988. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Scales must play left back, waking up people. I've heard a lot of people who have had first-hand experience of Liam Scales, uh, Lawrence, saying that we're actually underrating him. He will be a first-time team player for Celtic. And a lot 
or the, the people who have seen him playing reckon that he's at his strongest at left back. Uh, is he the dark horse? I said earlier on, maybe James McCarthy is. Do you think Liam Scales could be that man? Yeah, he, he definitely could. Uh, it's an area we're short in. Uh, you know, with, with Taylor's injury. Uh, if, if Scales plays, it gives a bit more height to the defence as well, doesn't it? You know, both, both. I think, you know, when we need to switch to, to a back three during the game, maybe Scales suits that better. But to be honest, for me, just because I don't know, I haven't seen a lot about him. I've heard a lot of people saying, you know, oh, he's great, he'll make it. I'm kind of going, he's 23 coming for League of Ireland. He's not like 18, 19, 20-year-old wonder kid. You know, it's not someone that I don't think we had to fight off a lot of clubs to get him. Uh, so for me, that's why I was saying yeah, Montgomery in there, I think he's looked good when he's played for his Montgomery. So he has, yeah. I'm, I'm in at left back and developing him. Uh, point number four on my list of six key changes that could bring the title back to Celtic is the fact that we're back, we're actually back in the ground. Um, some people have pointed out that uh, even when we're playing at home, I'm still sitting here in the studio. Yes, uh, I am. Don't have my season ticket kicking about, but we have unused season tickets in the studio. Unfortunately, I've not found a way to cover the games and be at the games, Lawrence. So I'm hoping to find a way to do that. I've asked the club if they can give us a wee space at the stadium. That would be good. So we can do the broadcast, go to our seats, etc. Uh, but yes, I am a season ticket holder. I've just not been able to get to the games because I want to do the broadcast, Lawrence. Um, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to getting back. I think it's been massive, a massive loss last season. And it's huge when you consider, Lawrence, that players like Ayeti until recently had never played you know, in front of a full house at Celtic Park. Yeah, absolutely bizarre. I mean, you hear everyone talking about former players, former opposition players, just describing the atmosphere, mm-hmm. how great it is to play in. You know, the former players are always saying it drives us on. You know, it definitely provides that connection, doesn't it, between the fans and the players. So where we affected by it more than most, I would say well, probably yes. That You know, if we believe it's the best atmosphere and drives us on, the most informal players say that, well, it's, that, taking that away from us, I think it definitely there was a you know a bit of disconnect between the fans and the club. You know, not being able to go there, get the cathartic experience of being there. Fans were obviously frustrated, not feeling like you can influence the game. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's been great for us to to have it back. And the, the new players coming in, you know, it's what it's all about, isn't it? Playing in front of the fans was it was massive. It, if you don't want to come and play in front of sixty thousand people. Win trophies, play the highest level in Europe, and earn legendary status. You think you can get it elsewhere? Should, on should you be in the game? I know. If that's Crystal Palace or Bournemouth or whatever, on you go. Yeah, and a few of them have gone. Uh, Jungle Lion makes a good point. Welcome back to the show. You're commenting on Periscope uh, via Twitter. You don't get the number five jersey for no reason. Absolutely brilliant point. I mean, if you're going to be handed a number five jersey um, and, you know, you think of the, the players who have won it in the past, and in particular Billy McNeil himself, then there's a there's a signal that this is a first-team player and he's going to be battling for a first-team jersey. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing him playing Lawrence because I think um, initially I spoke about him being in the same kind of boat as Urigidi um, and Liam Shaw, I was quickly corrected by our friends in Ireland who were saying, "No, this this kid's really, really got something. He's on a different level." So I'm looking, I'm looking forward to seeing him play. 
There's something weird about his transfer, though, you know, that it dragged out for so long, though. That, you know, if, if, if he's going to, why didn't we get it done quicker if he was going to be that? Because he could have could get injured in those two European games for Shamrock. If he's an important plan to us going forward, first team, it wasn't a huge buy. You know, surely we could have put, you know, another 50, 60 grand on the table and just made it happen quicker, got him integrated quicker. Might have helped us when Taylor was out, if he is going to be man. Mm. It just seems that it was a wee bit. It wasn't a great amount of urgency just to, to push that deal over the line and get him in. Uh, as you'd have thought, if he's going to be like the first team guy that we're, we're going to be relying on. But maybe that's just Celtic's way of doing transfers. Maybe there's a bit of a hangover and they always seem to be a bit protracted. Um, that's me voting for Axon. Brilliant. Keep the votes coming in. Get onto that page. Just as a wee reminder, it's footballcontentawards.com forward slash voting. You look at the fact that we've got about a thousand people tuning in just now. If even a fraction of you were to go in and vote, you know, that would really push us towards winning one or two or even three of the awards that we're up for. We are up for best international podcast. We're up for the best international content creator for Celtic and best charitable campaign. So get in there. Get, get voting for us. Um, we'll be bringing the the awards back up the road and uh, into our studio here in Dalkeith, which you are free to visit. Come along, visit us. Big, look at this, Big Bobo voted. wonder if it's the real Big Bobo. Danny Kelly Music, welcome to the show, Danny. Danny's been in the studio a few times, Lawrence. And he, he is also a good guy, good guy. Um, and Bernard Bernard, or Bernard Bernard, uh, just going to vote, guys. Thank you very much. Uh, and by the way, do not call them Shamrock. It's Shamrock Rovers or Rovers. Don't call them Shamrock. McGrory has also voted. I love this. I'm going to mention this even more often. Donny Boy, Kevin Graham and myself will be working on making Screamer Celica a fully produced show rather than the fact that uh, quite a lot of the shows actually were live broadcast like what we're doing just now uh, on the on the channel. Uh, but in doing that, we've looked at the potential of that show and we're going to have it as a fully produced, you know, fully edited show. Hopefully get some special guests in as well who might be relative to the music or the football. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be working on that. It will probably probably be a once-a-month show rather than a live stream on a Tuesday night. Uh, but, yeah, we are working on that. So it won't be on tonight, Donny Boy 67 but we will not um, lose Screamer Celica from the channel. We're just going to make it a wee bit bigger and better. Liam Young voted Axon for the awards. Best of luck. Absolutely tremendous, Liam. Thank you so much to everybody. We've had a lot of support. Um, a lot of support from our uh, audience, from our viewers. Feed the Bear, I'm just going to post that link again. There it is. So that link right there is where you need to go to make the voting count. Thank you very much um, for voting, every single one of you. Thank you so much for that. Um, keep it Keeping it live and weekly is best. You have ruined it, your wig. Denzel, it's a, it's a myth. Lawrence will tell you it's no wig. It's real. It's the real deal, man. Um, yes, yeah, Screamer Celica will be filmed and it will be hosted on a channel, but it will be a monthly show. Uh, January window, I think, is the fifth big key reason, Lawrence, because you look at the last January transfer window and it was a bit of a non-event. This time round, 
We've already been told by Ange that, you know, again, maybe putting a wee bit of pressure on the board because once it's out there, the fans expect he will be dipping into the J-League. He'll be dipping into that transfer market again in January. I think that's going to be key this season because if we are still in a transfer title a title race, rather, and I think we will be, it could be key to go in and get three or four new bodies in it, and we've got the money there to do it. I think it's key. Yeah, the- Listen, the J-League, they'll just have finished the season. So maybe, maybe that's why Kyogo's had such a big impact because he's part of the way through a season. His match fitness is right up there. So if there's players as good as Kyogo, you know, in different positions there that we can bring on, brilliant. But it's just, we're asking him to play a long season then, aren't we, without a break? Uh, so, yeah, he's put the pressure on. We're expecting to see more come from the J-League. Uh I suppose where we'll be looking at Phil is going to depend on how the players were, because we've brought in a lot just now, uh, you know, how they settle, how we do for injuries. But I don't think it will limit itself to, to only the J League. Yeah. But it would be great to see if there was a, another Kyogo or two there, wouldn't it? Just that, that energy he brings to the team. Yeah. Uh, Listen, if, if he's got a couple of guys up his sleeve that can do the job and make the impact of Kyogo, then we are in for some rip-roaring, free-scoring, never-boring football from Glasgow Celtic. Um, thanks, everybody, for voting. That's amazing. I should have maybe done it like this before uh, for the last couple of weeks, but you, you've started me now, and I will be hosting most of the shows in uh, the the uh, the next few weeks. Scott, 88, asks, what was the pod sections to vote on? So before we go to the final point, I will remind you the very last section is best charitable campaign and we come under charity weekend or axon if you also go to best club content creator under the international section you will find a celtic state of mind and best podcast under the international section you will find a celtic state of mind and that's an interesting one because you're up against open goal spanish football podcast ac milan mls show Barca, that's the Champions League and beyond. So yeah, get voting. Let's go out down to London and uh, gate crash the party and win a couple of trophies and bring them up the road and I can maybe display them behind us instead of the concept jerseys. The final point I was going to make in relation to uh, the big differences, the big changes that we're making this season or have made this season, Lawrence, we've finally got a number one. I think that is massive this season. I mean, last season, we've gone from Barkas to Bain to Hazard. Interestingly enough, Hazard is not in the Europa League squad. So I don't know if we'll be looking to maybe loan him out. But Joe Hart has come in, number one. Yeah, he's had a couple of mistakes. But I tell you what, he's made a few saves as well. Yeah, but, but listen, he's vastly experienced. Was it five or six golden gloves in the EPL? Numerous caps for, for England. You know, he, he's definitely a level above the rest of the keepers are there. Quite a few levels, I would say. Uh, his experience is going to help out what is a really young defence in front of him just now, you know, until and Julian brings a bit of, bit of age and creation right back as well. But I, I think it's been outstanding for us. You can see him talking through the game as well, giving instructions. Uh, yeah. So... He's not played for a long time, so he's made a couple of mistakes, but he, he needs to get back to his level. And he'll only do that by playing games. But, so I think, mm-hmm. as good as he's looked, I think he's still got a, a lot more in his locker that we've not yet seen. I, I think yeah. he's, he's a lot can prove. Hazard, it makes sense to put him in loan, doesn't it, if, if we're not going to use him? Uh, it's, it's one of those ones, 
are Bain and Barkas any better than them? From what we've seen of them last season, are they any better than Hazard? You know, I know. It's, you know how was it decided that it wasn't them uh, that, that was going out? But maybe we, maybe we do see him get him out and loan, get him some more experience because he played a, a, again for the North of Ireland there, uh, get another cap for, for them. You did, aye? Half an hour, yep. Yep, so m- maybe they do have a development plan in, in place for him now. But listen, he's the goalkeeper that made it happen, isn't he? That set it up for big Chris Ayer to steal the, the glory. And yes, yes. Anyway. So he's always going to have his place in Celtic history through, through that corner, that, whether it's we've got a long-term plan for him or this is a sign that he's moving out the door. He definitely... I think there must be. Him, there must be a plan because he got, a, I think it was a four-year deal after that game that I enjoyed with yourself, Lawrence. So there must be a plan. Uh, by the way, I'm blown away by the amount of people coming in confirming that they voted. Thank you, every, each and every single one of you. Um, and for all the, the talk about the, the wig, I mean, seriously, if I was going to get one, would I not get something a wee bit better than that? You know, that that's always what I'm going to say there. Uh, Lawrence Conley, as always, thank you so much for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. Everybody who's joined us on Twitch, LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook and Twitter, keep joining us on A Celtic State of Mind because we will keep producing the content on a daily basis. We've just uploaded uh, our first video actually from the festival we were at on Friday. Um, there was a festival in Dalkeith and we were the official media partners of that festival. So we filmed uh, the whole day. We were in about the crowd, we were backstage, we were interviewing the acts and we also uh, filmed them on the stage. So the first video of, of a number of videos that's going to be uh, put on the YouTube channel was uploaded this morning. Check it out, it's Glas Vegas. Uh, still to come are bands such as The Sherlocks, uh, Kel Faulkner, Johnny Skinner, who was absolutely tremendous, um, and others. So Sophie DeRose uh, was also on the bill. So get involved. Uh, it's not just the football. You can get in there and get a wee bit of music as well, Lawrence. Yep, but I think boys who were saying the interview The View, who are Celtic fans, is that correct? Yeah, it was uh, Kel Faulkner. Yep, that's that mate. True, true. Watch this space. Watch this space. Uh, it was brilliant, by the way. It was absolutely tremendous. But what we need to do, Lawrence, is we need to get, we've never really done it before. In fact, we definitely haven't done anything like it. Get the reacts on badges, we pin badges, and we can give them out to people when we meet them, when we're doing these festivals. Because James Allen's a big Celtic man as well. Is that the boy from Las Vegas, the singer? Yeah, yeah, lead yeah, singer. Boys, I don't know how I established this with boys on Saturday night, but he did say, yeah, Las Vegas, the Aye. singer's a Celtic fan. Aye, Rab and Paul are Rangers fans, but um, James is a Celtic man. Brilliant. It was excellent on Friday. Check it out on the channel. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. Thank you for your ongoing support. We need it more than ever um, over the next couple of weeks. So thank you very much for getting behind Axom and being part of our community. And we we will be back tomorrow at 12.30. Thanks for tuning in to A Celtic State of Mind.
As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Network.